tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Social Conversations. Well, um, appointing former prisoners or ex-offenders as uh, prison wardens has become an international trend in corrections uh, from which South Africa's uh, Department of Correctional Services uh, can constructively take notes. This idea has gained attraction with recent budget cuts in the department. It has informed Parliament that uh, its mandate of rehabilitation might be affected negatively because many posts in prisons will remain vacant. Look, yesterday we had this conversation with Casper uh, Lita, and who's a criminologist, and we want to continue with it. Um, we are joined by Golden Miles uh, Budu, who's the president of South African Prisoners Organization for Human Rights. And I'd like to hear from you as an A-teamer. What are your thoughts? Do you think that once a person has gone through uh, the rehabilitation process in the correctional services, they can come out and uh, uh, take up a job as a prison warden? Do you think this would make a difference in their lives and the lives of um, those who are offenders? Call in 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 0614-104107. I'd like to welcome our guest, Miles Golden Boodoo. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's a long time coming. And thank you for your listeners. So yesterday, uh, the conversation we had uh, sparked uh, some chords within you. Uh, could you share with us what, are your, what were your thoughts hearing about this paper released by um, uh, the criminologist we had yesterday on the show, Casper Lita? Well, to be frank with you, I got him right in the middle of uh, the mix of the things, but uh, I, I could then also relate what he's saying as an academic, as an intellectual, and a criminologist. Okay, it sounds all good on radio, on paper, in documents, in presentations. But when you go into prison, you'll find out that prison promotes the violent revolution of personal conflicts and breaks apart bonds of immediate and extended families, close and distant friends. Prison fosters dependency, idleness, violence, and deteriorate human relations, all of which make education, training, skills development, so that you get to this buzzword called rehabilitation and reintegration of ex-offenders as law-abiding, useful, and productive citizen virtually impossible. Sure. Uh, Miles, I'm, 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 I'm very shocked because here we were, or at least I was, thinking that once an offender gets into uh, the correctional service um, system, they are going through a step-by-step rehabilitation process. But now when you say it's all a fallacy, it promotes idleness, criminality, uh, violence, it's, it's just a breeding ground for more criminality, then I'm shocked. How can we then um, have academics saying, let's learn from countries like China so that our prisoners uh, can come out or our ex-offenders can come out and become prison wardens? It it, it doesn't make sense. That's an academic and intellectual researcher and a, a scholar. In prison, an individual is subject to isolation when that prison is a critical thinker and an independent thinker when that prisoner is an activist, a revolutionary. And in fact, understand chapter two of the Bill of Rights, section 35, subsection two, paragraph E, and all the other 
Bill of Rights and sections and subsections that is related to incarcerated person and in prison persons. Now, in prison, these guys who are critical thinkers, who want to make sure that the book works, Correctional Services Act, the White Paper, the Constitution, and other international uh, declarations, they are put in confinement in a control unit. There's violence there, there's torture, gangsterism, gang rape, gang brutality, organized black and white supremacy, and a life of boredom and useless toil. So what then becomes the job of the correctional services? What is their job? Is it just to take people who have offended, chuck them into cells and let them be? You, you see, we had here a minister who's very young and who never had anything to do with imprisonment as a common law criminal. Maybe he was detained as a uh, political detainee, which the, the treatment was different and so on. And, and, and I can assure you, they have set him up for a failure by giving him both justice and correctional services at that age and somebody that is not even interested to listen to third opinions coming to organizations like us who are non-profitable, who are independent from the system and in fact wanted to now and then bite his left ear for justice and his right ear for correctional services not not physically, but literally, to whisper in his ears that the people that he got there, at, particularly at the Department of Correctional Services, who has been there since the dawn of our democracy and pre-1994, are setting him up for failure. They don't tell him the truth, they don't advise him properly, and they mislead him, and he don't want to listen to people that has been there pre and post and people that has got absolutely nothing to do to 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 corrupt the department of correctional services and want to revolt against the system he don't want to listen to third opinions and to voice of reasons now becoming a prisoner the prison system condemns you to poverty and stigmatize you to a lifetime member of the criminal class the day-to-day life in prison differs from the experience which friends and family, which can create a sense of disconnection and even between people who are in close contact and incarceration creates an imbalance of power financially, materially, psychologically, economically, that despite everyone's best intentions, it can be nearly impossible to create and sustain positive across the world connections and here we are um others thinking once you're in prison you know it's comfortable it's a cushy you get free meals three times a day you can exercise you can study for free but that is not the case a teamers please do join in on the conversation do you feel that prisoners in south africa after going through the um, um, correctional services and doing their time they can be rehabilitated to a point that they get 
become um, prison wardens in South Africa, taking from the leave of other countries such as China. And um, this conversation emanates from the conversation we had last night with Casper uh, Lita, who is a criminologist. Our guest today is uh, the president of the South African Prisoners Organization for Human Rights, Golden Miles Budu. Call in on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 614 SMSs go to 41391. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Social Conversations. Let me welcome a team guest, Masonwabe. A team, good evening. Uh, good evening, how are you? I'm strong, how are you? I'm great, and you? Well, yesterday I regrettably could not get through so that I could engage your previous guest on the same issue. First of all, I believe that this whole dangerous experiment is really a dangerous experiment because society is built on trust. For crying out loud, ex-cons, they struggled to establish life after they had gone through the rehabilitation system. They struggled to re-establish themselves and reintegrate themselves into society. Now, are we going to wake up the next day and make them and entrust them with the security of the whole country? Because if they were to, like, uh, yeah, sort of, uh, I mean, if chaos were to break in a prison and yeah, these uh, yeah, criminals escape and uh, yeah, roam yeah, the streets, do we then now yeah, realize that we would have put the security of the entire country in jeopardy? So I totally agree with your guest. This whole idea is nonsense. We should not even entertain it. That's just my opinion. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Masonwa Abe. Let me go to uh, a voice note here. Good evening, Patricia. It's Josie. Um, I totally agree with your current uh, guest. Uh, I don't think it's the right time for such things to be done in this country. Our ministers themselves can't even manage any of their departments correctly. And, you know, most people who have been offenders, they come out and become masterminds in the crime that they're actually being detained for or been serving sentences for. You know, I've seen a couple of guys in my community who have served two or three years. They come back and become masters of what they actually were detained for. So now imagine they're taking such a person who has actually probably upskilled his tactics inside during serving his time, comes out and becomes a correctional officer Obviously, it's going to be an organization inside the prisons. Not that there isn't now. There are organized crimes taking place in prisons. And now you want to hype that if you're taking ex-prisoners becoming white as no ways. Maybe when the 2000 generation takes over government, it will work. <laughs> Not now. Wow. Uh, Miles, uh, please weigh in on Masonwabe and this uh, voice note that we just got from our A-team. It seems that they are of the notion that no, this will not work, not in South Africa. Well, the dilemmas that has been faced by ex-offenders. You see, when prisoners complete their sentences or are released on parole, they are given plus minus, I think, less than 100 rands and then sent alone into the world presumably to begin a new life as law-abiding, useful, and productive citizen. Yet ex-offenders face tremendous obstacles when they try to become productive citizens of our society. Now, now, prison, of course, does 
very little to provide prisoners with skills or resources to find a job when they are released. Prisoners must adapt by learning survival skills that are often diametrically opposed to those that promote survival in the outside world. Prison punishes independent critical thinking and activists. You see, this criminal record thing, it is a barrier that keeps you uh, an economic hostage after imprisonment for the rest of your miserable life. And the department and state uh, uh, departments should have started, you know, be exemplary so that the private sector buy into, say, when I was sentenced to prisoner for a culpable homicide hit and run, and I am an, I am an uh, chartered accountant, I can't come back out after I've served my sentence, go back into my profession as a, an accountant because I was in prison for drunken driving and I knocked somebody and that person died, you know. And uh, we still got a long, long way to go. And when you come out of prison, you've got four choices. You can go and get a job, which will be very, very difficult. You can attempt to get a grant, grant from social development which in this country doesn't happen. And if it's going to happen someday, it will be demeaning and very difficult. You can commit a crime again, or you can be reported missing, or you can die somewhere and, and found and they find out that uh, you, you don't have an address and they bury you as a pauper. And finally, if jobs are not accessible, which is a given, you will go back. You will go back in criminal net and use the philosophy of on that note talking about uh, guts but directly and loosely translated liver you make me live liver you kill me guts that is let me go to anonymous uh, 18 anonymous good evening good evening anonymous good evening sis. you can't What's your uh, take? I'll remain anonymous because uh, let me just pull off the road because I'm driving, but it's fine. All right, we wanna this guy Kupudu. I used to watch him from my early days as a young boy growing up. And then at some point, I remember him having changed when he used to do those protests. But I want to redirect my conversation to something else. In South Africa, when we try and then when the law applies itself, we try to reiterate the law in some sense that it is not right to be punished for the sins that we do. I will tell you one thing, Siswam. I grew up without a father. I was only provided by a mother. When situations persisted, I must go and do crime. I went against those situations. Most of my friends went into prison. I grew to be this young man who had to go somewhere and work 
his way out without a metric at some point. And then I did my metric. Luckily, I even did my tertiary. And at some point, trying to go back, what is it that these guys, they so claim when they are out of prison or when they're in prison. I will tell you one thing. It's just that I don't want to indulge into the names of the people. I know of so many guys that have come out of prison that are professionals in my life. So let us not disguise under the umbrella that I was once a prisoner at some prison and then I couldn't further and be part of the economy of South Africa. I'm hearing him talking about the qualification that he's got. At which places that he has applied and he was denied access because he's an ex-con. I will tell you, I just recently had a friend who got married. He's a qualified accountant, and then he used to serve time at one of the South African prisons. I'll be especially in case of that. But he's working. Okay, Anonymous, in a nutshell, because you've taken up much time uh, giving us your point, are you saying that it is possible for ex-offenders to uh, be rehabilitated fully, go back into the working world? Is that what you say? You know, I'm sorry to cut you back. No, I'm going to have to cut you because I've got other people on the line that are holding and you've been going on at quite some length. So I'm going to have to cut you. Uh, I hope that was your point because that's what I got from you. I'm going now to Fezi, Lefezi Leitima. Good evening. Hey, good evening, Patricia. Hey, Suzumani, yeah, man, your, 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 your guest is spot on. Spot on. You see? Uh, <clears throat> in, prison, in prison, it's where the, the, the gangsters, gangsterism is spread. Once you get out, you get out, you're stronger. You, you get out to, to come back again, you see? Now, that I'm telling you, I was, I was once, uh, once uh, arrested in, in Robertson. I know, I know everything about the prison, but the the thing that came that, <clears throat> that made me not to go back is because as I saw there, I and the other leader telling me that I don't know more. Hmm. All right. Uh, Fezile, um, and now how's your life now that you went through the system <laughs> and you are out? Is it easier to rehab to to integrate? Well. Uh, the thing is, it, it was just a medic when I went, I went in for. Yes, it was just drinking and driving, you see. All right, thank you very much, Fezile. Uh, let me go to Peter now. Peter, A-Teamer, good evening. You don't know how hard I try to get a hold of you, but I'm one of the currently disadvantaged. Do you know what is the difference between the previously disadvantaged and the currently disadvantaged? Please do educate me. All right. The, the currently disadvantaged are pensioners of whatever color, of whatever tribe, of whatever culture. I sit here in a little room. I don't have windows. 
I've got a window, but it hasn't got any glass in it. But I just want to talk to you about this chappy. Uh, he's really talking spot on, as the previous man said. And there's actually much more to it, the, the prison thing. I unfortunately now didn't hear last night, and I only came in halfway tonight. But I find the the the, the correctional service very, very, very incorrect because uh, th there are two sections in, in prison. There are those that are awaiting trial and those that are prisoners. Now, they always claim that the prisoners are being well looked after. Have any of them told you what happens to the awaiting trial prisoners? Not at all. Do you have an idea, Peter? Uh, let me give you. I do have a very good idea. For instance, you get shoved in a cell. There are 32 beds. There are 100 people or 110 people. 110 to 32 beds. Uh, if you have a complaint, any complaint, toothache, somebody drops water on you, whatever the case is, they say, go speak to the SAPS, they're in charge of you. But you're in prison now, do you speak to the policeman? See? They say, we're just looking after you, you know? Uh, so, uh, you know these things about the electrical illegal connections? Yeah. In a cell, right, there's little, tiny little wires running around to to charge everybody's cell phone in prison. That's where the electrical illegal connections come from, right? So now what the, the, the correctional service wardens do, right, is every second week or third week when they're short of money, they do a search. So say, let's say they collect 30 cell phones. Tomorrow, they're selling the 30 cell phones at 100 rand each. Peter, I want to ask you something. How yes, do you have so much information? Is it because you've been a prison warden or you've been a prisoner? No, because I was awaiting trial for something mm. that I didn't do. Mm. Yeah, but not once, twice. Let me give you another example. One day I was arrested in, in Pretoria Central. And by luck, I ended in a cell that had a very nice, what they call a sweeper, who's like the, the superintendent of the cell. Uh, and this particular superintendent, <coughs> if you like, we, we used to call him sweepers, had a real thing going. He was the main dachar supplier, the main drug supplier. He had a stove. He had a little girlfriend, you know, and I'm talking about a male girlfriend uh, that used to cook for him. He brought Kentucky fried, what, what. And I said to him, but how long have you been here? He said, no, I've been here for eight years. I said, but what are you doing waiting trial for eight years? Why didn't you complain? He said, listen, son. If I go out, I earn a thousand rand a month. Here in prison, I earn fifty thousand rand. I said, "Prove it to me." He showed me the next week, Friday. He got a little container, you know, they, these ice cream tubs, right, full of dacha, right, what? and he had the, yes, and he had the chappies rolling it, right, oh. into three, three rand little things, and he said, "You know, out of that, I made five thousand rand this week." Peter, thank you for sharing your experience. Oh, uh, very. You don't know what goes on there. The, those bloody uh, correctional service wardens, now, they earn more money on illegal things than what they get a salary. Sure. Thank you very much, Peter. Let's uh, go to a quick break. And I'd like Miles to uh, weigh in on some of the comments that our A-teamers have made. Anonymous came in, uh, Maswabi came in, and Miles. Um, but for now, if you'd like to join in, you're more than welcome to send a WhatsApp to 06 uh, 0614104107 or an SMS to 41391. Calls, uh, we take them on 011 714 2006. 
tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. The Electoral Commission IEC, in partnership with SABC Education, encourages the citizens to take action now. Register to vote online. Check out the voters portal um, at registertovote.elections.org.za or visit uh, sabceducation.co.za for more information. Voters registration is now open. Register to vote online today. Every voice together. Brought to you by SABC Education. Enriching my Enriching lives. SAFM. Prime time all day long. Social conversations. A very sensitive and touchy uh, conversation we're having today around um, ex-offenders, uh, those who have come out of the correctional services. Um, it, the conversation started from an article that was written by a criminologist who is affiliated with the Northwest University, Casper Lita, who is saying that, look, ex-offenders could be taken through the system and after that become prison wardens. He says it's proven in other parts of the world. It is working in China. Perhaps we as South Africa can take up the same pattern and um, maybe see the, the decrease of crime. But a lot of A-teamers are saying, Agunjalo, our system is not permitting currently as it stands. Our guest is um, president uh, of the South African Prisoners' Organization for Human Rights, Golden Miles Boudou, who is uh, just taking us through the realities, the actual facts of what happens in prison. Miles, you've heard some of our A-teamers uh, giving us their views around what should happen. There was one anonymous who was of the thought that, yes, there are those who are now professionals. There are those who were able to rehabilitate and also integrate well into communities. But majority of the calls we are getting so far are saying, Hi, Connor. Peter gave us an example of how criminality is bred within the uh, prison system. What's your take, Miles? That is why he's anonymous. He is one of those who are in very strategic positions that has worked over time and very hard to crush and smash the South African Prisoners Organization for Human Rights in general, and including myself, Golden Miles Budu, who has been released 30 years after imprisonment. I'm still singing the same old song. I remember Billy Paul says that. Um, you know, uh, he says they are successful ex-offenders. Yes, they are. Those are connected ex-offenders who didn't have anything to do and didn't want to say anything while they were behind bars to fight for their rights as embedded in the Constitution. Because they were told, if you want to get out of this system, keep quiet, sit, sit right there in your corner and use some of your, your, your dirty blood money that you've made in the, in, in the crimes that let you end up in prison. Use it to buy for us cigarettes and buy for us cold drink and take us to tea parties. I know a lot of such successful people who know people outside here who are highly connected and who came out and became overnight self-made plastic, cardboard, glass, and dust millionaires. These are not real millionaires. They are plastic millionaires. They are paper millionaires and cardboard Millionaires. And when he says that, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I, Miles Budu, where did I went out and look for a job? You know, I am a laboratory technician. I am, uh, I am embarrassed 
to be a laboratory technician because, you know, I'm classified uh, under Clearling, not the genuine or Capsa Clearling or Cape Calet, uh, under Clearling. And I never got any career guidance when I moved up my uh, senior secondary school uh, education. I, I was misdirected. I ended up doing science, maths, biology, history, English, and Afrikaans, and uh, accountant. You know, and then I ended up working for Cecil too as a laboratory assistant in a laboratory laboratory uh, 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 technician, and, and then I was taken out of the system because I was making too much noise to go and do a diploma. And when I came out of prison, I, when I was in prison, I realized that I went to do the wrong subjects. You know, that is why when I came out of prison, I never went looking for another job. I was an instant prisoner rights activist talking about the Bill of Rights, the, the subsection, the sections, and the paragraphs 20 years before it was constitutionalized. That is why you remain anonymous. Now, let me, let me remind him that we, the majority of the people of this country, we remain criminalized. I'm not saying that we are criminals, because we have agreed that crime it was declared a Apartheid was declared a crime against humanity. So we haven't yet started a project to decriminalize the minds of the majority of the people of this country and decolonize our minds. That is why you see the crime rate go up. And I don't hear him talking about this uh, heart-bleeding fascist and neo-fascist, heart-bleeding liberal and neoliberal black bourgeoisie monopoly capitalist that's stealing billions of heart and Texas monies and still get away with it. So I can go on and on. And, and, and in conclusion, prison was never meant to be in the business of punishment because imprisonment is punishment enough. You know, um, before I go to Tabo, I want you to quickly touch on what Peter was saying, who was awaiting trial um, from what he told us and says this, the element of criminality is just so high. People are making thousands of rands from just selling illegal stuff, whether it's cell phones or it's um, uh, marijuana within the prison system. Why, why are the current prison wardens not able to curb the criminality within the prison system? Look, uh, we, we, Peter needs to hook up with us. He should have hooked up with us a long time ago. And I was not going to uh, 30 years down the line still talking, speaking the same garbage or the same jangaria or the same gibberish, you know. I would like to meet up with him so that we share notes and take this thing to another level because this is where I'm going to die. I'm a veteran prisoners' rights activist, and I am not apologetic about it, and I'm not going to ask for any permission. You see, you see, these correctional officers will tell you that they are underpaid, they are overworked, they are overtaxed. Soon they will be over the hills. That is what they say. <laughs> okay. Now they make more money out of uh, contraband stuff. It is not, it's not even worse because we've got the gadgets. They call it the contraband cell phones. They, there is now cell phones which they confiscate and go and sell it at Gumashonisa uh, or go to a pawn shop and make hundreds and thousands of monies out of this so-called contraband cell phones. And we've called 20 years ago that the Department of Correctional Services, assisted by intellectuals and academics, independent uh, uh, political uh, uh, commentators, lawmakers, to justify and legalize the gadget because it happens in developed 
and also in civilized society. I mean, America has given up, England has given up, Canada has given up, given up Australia, everybody has given up to declare this gadget an illegal or a contraband uh, cell phone in prison. There are conditions, there are ways who, who, who you, how you must use it, who must use it, at which level you must use the cell phone, and it becomes very handy now that we are using it Although they call it a contraband, it is the cell phones that make us as an organization to tell the world outside here what is happening behind those high, cold walls. Because it is the taxpayers' money that keep the lifeline of that department alive. All right, let me go to the lines. Uh, Tabo has been so patient with us. Good evening, Tabo. Good evening, Tabo. Tabo. Okay, I'm going to go to Francis. Good evening, Atima Francis. Hi, good evening. How are you? Strong, Patricia? how are you? Thank you. Okay, this topic is very, very interesting. And somewhere, somehow it's becoming very sensitive to hear all this information that is going on around in the prisons. But just to summarize my contribution, I'm originally from Zambia. And I know that in Zambia, crime does not pay. But it's the total opposite, like in South Africa. Crime pays you. Just looking at what everybody has been saying, what goes on in the prison. Hence, the South African uh, justice or criminal justice or whatever, it does not reform people. Because they are not scared to go there. They know they will live comfortably, they will eat comfortably, they will come out well sophisticated than they were before. But our prisons back in our own countries, it's the total opposite. You suffer, you will regret you will swear you will never commit crime again. But in summarizing this, I think they must just be very, very strict and bring back probably death penalty. Because I've heard arguments saying it doesn't deter uh, crime. But to some extent, trust me, it does. Thank Thank you for that, Francis. Uh, Let me try Tabo again. Tabo, I hope your line is better. Good evening. All right, moving on. Hello, Hansen. hello, 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 Mary. Tabo, finally. Uh, no, I'm my... not Tabo, I'm Kariso Kumalo. Wow, okay. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, that's what I got from <laughs> Benzito, that it's Tabo. Kariso Kumalo, good evening. Uh, we mm-hmm. apologize for calling you Tabo. <laughs> so, what's your uh, comment? Oh, my comment, uh, I'm on, on the very same topic you are talking about. Okay, go ahead. Yes. <clears throat> uh, I, I want to, to greet listeners because always when I'm talking, I forget listeners. All right, and keep it short and sweet and quick, please. Yes, I'm going to keep it short. But firstly, I want to congratulate uh, Mr. Boudou because I never thought Mr. Boudou is so honest. All the time I've known Mr. Boudou as an activist. But today... He surprised me very much because I never thought Mr. Bully is so honest himself, and I, I believe in him. Because what he's saying, I never been in prison, but I know for a, a, a prisoner cannot be a, a prison warden. Uh, he's very highly impossible. And Mr. Bulu, from his personal experience, he told us the truth, and I, I'm so grateful. He, he he's so honest. And uh, he must keep it up. Now. 
All right, now I'm going on to Hudson. Hudson, good evening, A-teamer. Good evening, uh, and to the guest day. I'd like to agree with the Mr. Budu, and then to say that uh, uh, when the scholar of yesterday did the research, he did not take into consideration that we have different culture. The ch- culture of the Chinese is different from the culture of the South Africans, as confirmed by who said he's from Tanzania, uh, our prison conditions are not the same. So prisoners in South Africa are different from prisoners of China, where that previous guest of yesterday made the, the findings. So spot on to Mr. Budu. Excellent. You must find alt- alternative. Not Excellent. Just- Thank you very much, Hudson. Thank you. Let's go to some of the voice notes. Uh, my sister, could you please ask our guest about those numbers, those groups, 26, rough and whatever, and the rape that is happening in the prison? No, 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 I agree with that. The law applies to everyone. And let everyone like suffer for their consequences and their mistakes. So we mustn't change the law because some like special people now are behind bars. So they don't want such things to happen to them. Such things cannot happen in this country. Let's all suffer. I've been to that. I suffered. I had a criminal record for 10 years. I know what I'm talking about. So let's all suffer. Thank you. Good evening, Patricia and uh, uh, Golden Miles, Bodu there. Uh, my name is Nkosnat Gazmazisa from Devon. Um, I agree with his views on, on particularly on the failure of rehabilitation. They only change the names from prisons to correctional services. Otherwise, they are extremely dangerous. I've been a detective for many years. I used to interact with prisoners and I used to, they used to share stories. Uh, and uh, personally, I've attended to cases in, in, in a local prisoner, prison where the prisoner has been killed by other inmates. But that's, that, that's where the danger is. Those gangs are in charge. Some are running businesses uh, inside from prison. Sure, so many messages are coming through. I'd like you, Miles, uh, to to weigh in and respond to our A-teamers, but the, the, the one thing that I've heard coming up is this numbers gangs and the rapes within the prison. Um, and I, I think this will open up a can of worms because I don't understand it. I've heard about it so often. So maybe... If you could avail yourself for another um, uh, couple of minutes on the show to just take us through what really happens inside the prison amongst the prisoners themselves, will that be okay with you, Miles? Well, no, it's fine. It's, All right. It's been my pleasure for the past 30 years. All right, excellent. So we'll set up time with Ben. But for now, let's respond to our A-teamers around the possibilities of prisoners becoming prison wardens, looking at the state of our Department of Correctional Services as it stands. No, it's not going to happen for as long as you've got this kind of leadership that is leading the department. You see, the department, like many other departments, they helicopter in politicians. 
as ministers and deputy ministers, I see nowadays they also helicopter in politicians as commissioners who simply just don't have an interest in the mandate of the Department of Correctional Services, who hardly read the Correctional Services Act, their own white paper, the Constitution about people who are in, incarcerated and behind bars. They absolutely got nothing to do with nothing. They're just getting the perks and enjoying the status of being ministers, deputy ministers, and then they go and establish parastatals, chapter nine organizations to and use them as barriers and use them as as as, as roadblocks uh, to the society to get involved. I know that there are some other sweetheart NGOs and NPOs who the department will tell you they work with uh, with them and what we are saying is not true. And Miles Budu is just scrambled and is angry. And let me tell you, I want you to be more angrier than what I am because the majority of taxpayers don't have a clue how their billions are wasted behind this bus. I don't even want to go to Busasa at them. I heard uh, one of your callers talk about gangsters. You know the Department of Correctional Services post-1994 are very comfortable of having 26 gangsters, 28 gangsters, Big Five gangsters, Air Force Two, Air Force Three. And they will tell you that they can live with the devil they know rather than having the South African Prisoners Organization for Human Rights calling for the establishment of prisoners' representative structures that would use their votes because they are voters. They're not allowed to vote in the local government elections because of the satanism this, uh, that is going on in this department. Uh, Miles, unfortunately, I need us to, to cut our conversation. But next week, can I please ask that around the same time we, we go deeper into the numbers gangs within the prison and how prisoners are living? I hope they're not going to call you in and, and, and take you to the Barit Kamarda and tell you that you must stay away from this much, baby. And that's what they've been, they've been doing. Well, they, it's okay, Miles. Let's not predict the future. Let's keep it as it is right now. Thank you very much for joining us, yeah? Thank you, Patricia. Have a nice day. Thank you for the interview. Excellent.